0: All I can do is put my part out into the world. It doesn't have to be perfect the first time. It doesn't have to be perfect ever, really. I mean, as long as you're
1: enjoying doing it and you're trying your best, that can be good enough. Art is something that you can experience with your senses and that you just experience as, as so beautiful.
0: Hello, welcome back to Artfully Told. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Lindsay and I am absolutely delighted to have Rick Wright join us today. He is a fine artist. His work is really, really exceptional and he is awesome. I'm just so excited to hear from him today and so thank you so much Rick for for being a part of this. I really appreciate it.
1: Well awesome thanks for inviting me I, I really wish I could record what you just said there and i I should have it on my voicemail or something so I can say <laughs> back to people there so you go I, <laughs> <laughs> no it's 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 great to hear your voice and I know we've spoken before and and I've had a chance to observe you and and your dance troupe and get inspired for my own work so so thanks for having me here
0: yeah, no, it's absolutely my pleasure. Thank you. And so I would love if you would just be willing to share a little bit about yourself with our listeners and kind of maybe what art you mostly gravitate to or whatever you want.
1: <laughs> sure. I guess I'll I guess I'll back up and talk about how I kind of approached my art career. I was I was probably that kid in your elementary uh school or junior high that was always doodling the little caricatures of people. I was a little bit of a class clown, but I was also a pretty small kid. So I always tended to interject myself into things with a little bit of humor. So I was always drawing caricatures of friends and whatnot in my journals and on the margins of my papers and everything. So you know, I kind of progressed through high school knowing that, gosh, I, I really enjoy these art classes, I'd I'd like to have a career doing something that I enjoy. I kind of grew up with with a father that was real blue collar working class guy, not well educated, but creative in his, in his own way. He was really into building cars and motorcycles and doing custom fabrication of sorts outside of his day job. So I would, I would see him working, you know, eight, 10, 12 hour days. And then he'd come home and work in his garage and and build stuff. So, Even though my passion for artwork was a little different media than his, I think I got a lot of creativity from him. When it was time to choose a a path for my post-secondary education, I decided I'd, I'd go into an illustration program at the University of Kansas, partly because, you know, I knew that I loved art and I wanted to have a job that involved art. And to me, the Probably the only thing I, I was familiar with was, okay, I could be a commercial artist. And so I sort of blindly went into that track, but I, I enjoyed my coursework and, and I learned a lot. But I I did realize once I finished my undergrad, like, gosh, okay, now where do I go get a job? Mm-hmm. And, and to my surprise, it was like, well, there are not a lot of full-time sort of nine to five jobs in illustration, which is what I wanted to do. I didn't I didn't really go in the path of graphic design although a lot of my classmates would kind of dual major graphics was not something that really interested me so I I, I stuck with the illustration path and and then as I graduated I'm like gosh you know those full-time illustration jobs don't really exist mm-hmm. aside from maybe the few that were lucky to work at like a Hallmark cards or something like that sure so and and I I kind of bounced around a little bit just trying to figure out you know what what my path was going to look like and quite honestly I was probably the personality that I, I liked the structure of having a full-time position I didn't know the first thing about how do I make ends meet as a freelance artist you know you do a a magazine editorial here and then a, maybe a CD or album cover for someone else or t-shirt designs or or cards and those were all jobs all different jobs um, but you had to string a whole bunch of them together just to make ends meet so yeah I I didn't really know the first thing about how to make that career happen and I kind of stumbled around for a while uh, before I uh, ultimately kind of took a job oh I was you know mid-20s at the time working at an alternative high school as a paraprofessional of all things totally unrelated to my my own interest in art but I always had a desire to kind of work with young people, but this was more just a job so I could pay some bills and figure out what I'm going to do next. But I really started to enjoy that direction and it got me working with young people, sort of inspired me to go back to school and pursue an art education path as well. So uh, I did that as a graduate student, became certified to teach and began a, a teaching career for a number of years. You know, that was something that it did allow me a little bit of art and working with youth at the same time. But the creative side of things, I was missing out personally. I think I would spend a lot of time developing lesson plans and focusing on my students, but I was less focused on myself. So um, that was for about seven years before I realized, gosh, you know what? I'm doing all this and it's great. Don't get me wrong, but I, I wasn't pursuing my own passions. And... Decided I wanted to step away from teaching full time to kind of pursue my own professional art interests, and 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 that's what I did. But move up to present day, once I s- stepped aside from teaching, it allowed me to focus more on my my personal work, which allowed me to sort of pick up where I left off during my undergrad years. You know, I spent a lot of time in drawing and painting courses, and I, and I think one of the things that I uh, really loved about that were. The figure drawing or figure painting classes that I had and gesture drawing and working from life was, was really inspiring to me. So I sort of picked that up again. And, you know, I think initially I, I would work a lot off the figure doing quick gestural paintings and a lot of them were sort of classically nude poses or not, not very dynamic in nature. They are more like figure studies I, I didn't necessarily know where I was going with that. I just knew that I I like, I like this. I want to keep doing it. And uh, w- what I didn't know is, okay, h- how does this then evolve into generating a career in the arts? I'm just doing what I like to do. right? Uh, it, I guess in my mindset previously, I was thinking, gosh, you know, you got to get a job and do what someone else tells you to do in order to make a living. And then here I am, just painting because I like it and not understanding that, you know what, that's, that's okay. That, that that is a path in its own. And, and the more that I, the more that I did it, I I started to form a direction for my work and a, a body of work that was, was cohesive. So, you know, like I said, it, they started off as more just gestural quick paintings of, you know, more formally posed figures and I finally got to a point where I felt like, gosh, I have, I have enough work here. What can I do to get it shown in the community? And I I was lucky enough to develop a relationship with a small nonprofit gallery in Kansas City at the time. And proceeds from that gallery went to support a, a cause that I was passionate about, too. So I, I showed a number of paintings in that space and had some success. Moving some pieces allowed me to do more work. So I think my work started to... Evolve and and then I began taking it on the road to some juried art festivals, which was a real roller coaster ride for for a while. I can, yeah. I didn't know what to expect. I, I, you know, I think anybody that jumps into that is kind of in the same boat. You know, you don't know what you you don't know what you don't know. Um, yeah. So it took me a while to learn that. I think my first first show I entered, I had. Like twelve paintings, and they were reasonably large. They're like thirty by forty inch pieces, and a lot of them were typical nudes that I had been doing over the last several years. And and the first, my first show was in Texas, which is a pretty conservative area, and I'm showing up at this art show with all these nude paintings. And (laughs) I had I had people that uh, loved them, and of course, yeah, thank goodness. And then I had (laughs) uh, a number of people walking by and it was not necessarily the most receptive audience so oh, I, no. I, had, I i had i <laughs> had some shows where i i sold several pieces and did very well then i had some that i just couldn't seem to sell anything it opened my eyes to maybe the business of the art world as yeah. well I, I had started to move in a direction where I, I i liked where the work was going and then i felt I was starting to feel comfortable putting it out there. Maybe after that first show or two, it, I wasn't uh, super excited. But I, I felt like the work could speak for itself. And if someone liked it, great. If they didn't, that's prer- their prerogative too. I mean, sure. at least it generates a response. But you know, I started to learn a lot about the business of being an artist and, and what you got to do to make ends meet without – Without watering down your work, I guess, or without catering your work just to the audience. And, you know, I think that made me think about some things like the scale of my work. Like I said, the first few shows I did, the pieces were all fairly large, 30 by 40 inches. And I think they were well priced, but I think they were priced well out of someone's reach that might have an interest in my work, but was just not in a position where they could spend a lot of money on a, a large piece and they would like something smaller so i i felt like i learned that i needed to diversify my offerings out there you know maybe i can do some smaller works or maybe i'll make prints of some pieces sure
0: so i'm just curious you you mentioned talking about the the price point which i think is a big thing because like you said everyone has kind of different budgets and and I love the way that you adapted to that. You know, you didn't just say, well, it's then not for everyone. But you thought about ways that, you know, you could make it a little bit more accessible to someone who who just doesn't have the same budget. So I, I love that. But I'm curious, how, how do you price your art? Because I know that's a, a thing that a lot of artists struggle with is putting a value to you know, essentially, your lifetime of experience, which is which has led right. you to this, and then of course the right. hours and hours you put into creating it. Like, how how do you go about that?
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, I I, I wish there was an idiot's guide to it. I, I think it's probably something that uh, every visual artist I've run into has had the same problem with. And oh gosh, I think I prob I probably undervalued myself for. A number of years. You could ask my wife now and she could still say, you still do that. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, I I grew up within a certain economic class with, you know, blue collar family and not a lot of means. So just because I can create something, I, I just, I have a hard time thinking I should put this big old price tag on it. So the first time that I had a show that I had to price my work, I just kind of like I thought, gosh, you know, how many, how many hours do I think it took me to do this? And what, what is my, my time worth? I probably didn't think too much about the materials I had in it. And I certainly didn't think about, gosh, you know, I've gone to school for four, six, eight years training myself how to do this. I didn't, I didn't value that in my initial price points, but um, as I've as I've moved on over the years, you know, you're absolutely right. Like full disclosure, I'm 46 right now and seriously working in the arts for, you know, over 20 years. So, you know, that that experience should have some value and it should impact the yeah. price of your work. So certainly the work that I was doing at age 22 is much different than, than it is now. You know, I, I feel like I can command a little bit of a premium for my experience, but I was, I was talking with one of my former illustration professors a a few weeks ago. And I, I was saying, gosh, you know, there have been periods in my career where I've just not done any fresh paintings for months at a time. And Mm. even there was a stint for maybe a couple years. I just, I just wasn't really inspired to do some new, fresh work, but I still feel like when I did pick the brush back up, I had grown as an artist, partly because of my life experience and my perspective that I could I could reflect back on my own work and realize, gosh, this is what I was doing then, and I've grown as a person, and even though I may not have physically been using a brush more to grow, I could translate my personal growth onto a canvas after that amount of time. So I yeah. felt like my new, my newer work, you know, after that hiatus was better, even though I hadn't yeah. necessarily been practicing it so much.
0: So I know for you in particular, one of the things that I personally admire so much about your art, I love the fact that you highlight other artists in your work, in other art forms. I've seen dancers and aerialists and
1: yeah well, I think you know my my work has really been focused on the figure, and you know i as I spoke before, you know those figures are very static initially, but i i've I've really become inspired by a lot of performers that have a lot of physicality involved in in the work that they do, and you know those may may be dancers, whether it's uh jazz or pop or ballet or salsa i I don't especially have a great knowledge of dance, but I, I do of the the human form and I and I see what those performers are doing with their bodies and being impressed by the physicality of of what they're pulling off in such a graceful way that you know that's that's inspired me to create a sense of movement and strength and grace and, and beauty in my forms. I think a little bit of my work is art, imitating art, and I classify my models or performers as artists themselves. And I just, I want to capture what they do in my own way or in my media. I, I try, I'm trying to get my work to be more collaborative with other artists that are doing things that I don't do. So I think there's, there's kind of a strength and numbers, you know, all, all of us creatives have to stick together in some way. So I'm inspired by those performing artists that are doing something that I I can't do. (laughs) Um, Sure.
0: Well, and you know, ditto, (laughs) you know, it's the same for us looking at your work going, oh my gosh, it's amazing. And I, I can't do it, but I love look. you know, I love appreciating it.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's, it's allowed me to have conversations too, that I'm fairly ignorant of some of the minutia that's involved in years of training one's body to perform like that. So you know, I can have conversations with people about, "Gosh, you know what? What is it you're doing here?" And and dancers make shapes with their bodies, and you know, so I I'm curious about the shapes that they're making and how does that uh, impact the shapes. And the forms that I'm trying to develop on a canvas as well. There's a balloon artist here in Kansas City who is pretty amazing visually, and I've had the opportunity to photograph her at some various venues, and I'm just amazed by the things that she's able to do with balloons. Yes, you know, and 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 creating them into to outfits and the things that she does with them, and so. It's it's really visually inspiring to me, and I'd love to see that translated onto a canvas. So I've started a, a conversation and dialogue there. So that's just where the direction of my work's gone. And I gotta yeah. say, it's it's not it's not something that I I sought out. It just started to evolve. And yes. you know, I'm and I'm not trying to to drive it in a particular direction. I I want it to go wherever it goes. Yeah. You know? And that's difficult. I mean, I think. We all would like to know with some certainty what the future holds. <laughs> uh, and I think part of being an artist is just kind of embracing the journey mm-hmm. and going where it takes you. you know, yeah. you've, you've, On one hand, you got to have a plan, but your plan also needs to be flexible enough that it can go wherever it needs to.
0: Well, I have to say on behalf of a dancer, and I'm pretty sure this would go to other movement-based art forms as well that you've captured. I have to say personally that one of the things that I so appreciate about your particular work when you paint dancers and aerialists and other types of moving-based performers is that you are very diligent about capturing it correctly. <laughs> and what I mean by that is we've just observed over the years, like in a lot of our work, there's a maybe you could call it a more whimsical or abstract approach. And sometimes okay. as a dancer, you look at it and you go, well, that's not actually how that works (laughs) Mm, or we can't physically make that shape because it's not how, you know, and so I've always really appreciated your attention to detail. And so when you do choose to paint somebody like that, uh, that you understand like the body mechanics behind it that, Mm. so thank you on behalf of all dancers
1: (laughs) for that. Well, that's, that's a huge compliment coming from a performer like yourself because I really enjoy, enjoy it when another artist can see my work and appreciate something that maybe just the casual observer doesn't pick up on. So I like to work in a way that is thoughtful and intelligent at what I'm trying to do. And so I appreciate that you see things in my work of dancers that I guess I just, I I appreciate knowing that I'm I'm doing something right there. (laughs)
0: Yeah, you definitely are. <laughs> well, I have a couple questions that I like to ask my guests if that's okay with you?
1: Sure, absolutely.
0: Okay. So, first of all, how do you personally define art or what is art to you?
1: You know, I I I feel like to me, you know, it, it's an outlet and an exploration first and foremost, and I think if we're lucky it becomes an end product but i don't know that that is necessarily the most important i think there is there is value in the exploration that that just happens with all things creative whether it's it's dance or it's paint or it's clay it's about communicating it's it's communicating with different materials or in different ways, you know, than the the verbal or auditory that we're used to. I I think it's, you know, it's a little bit of your your soul, you know, uncovering your soul whether you realize it or not. I think it's about just exposing your tu- your true self.
0: I love that. And I really appreciate what you said and I I haven't heard this yet is that the the end product doesn't necessarily matter that there's a lot of value, even in the process. I think that that is incredibly insightful and something to really take to heart. Because you're right. I mean, it's it's wonderful when something emerges from it that you go, "Oh, yeah, I like that. I, I'm proud of that." But you know, there's still value in that creation process, regardless of where it goes. Right,
1: and 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 when something emerges, and you're like, "You're you're proud of that," and and it may have emerged in a different direction than you and intended. And then, but you've got to be able to recognize, gosh, this this is different, but I like what's happening there. And I think being able to have the flexibility to see that, you know, allow the journey to happen and go where it may. And the reality is you've got to practice, you've got to fail and it doesn't, it doesn't matter what those failures look like, but you learn from those mistakes and you grow from them.
0: I'm going to misquote it because I don't remember exactly, but I remember an artist talking about how at the beginning you, you have to get used to the fact that a lot of what you make, especially if you're trying to make a career out of art, isn't going to be good. It just isn't because you just don't have the experience that a more mature artist has And so his point was just keep creating, 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 because you'll get there. Be patient for that journey, because it takes time. And it's okay if you don't like everything you produce. That's not the end goal here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I got to tell myself that all the time, you know, I'm looking for that end goal from time to time. And but you, you got to tell yourself to back off on it and just let the work happen and grow. <laughs> you know, yeah, on the business end of things, like I've got to do this and this yeah. and this m- number of shows and I have to sell this many pieces. Um, but the more important thing that you, you, I just got to tell myself is just go to your studio and paint.
0: Yeah, paint more, paint right. more.
1: You know, yeah, paint more.
0: Okay, so what do you think is the most important role of an artist?
1: You know, I think there's some responsibilities that the artists have. I, I think honesty and personal personal perspectives. I, I think there's things that happen in this world that we need artists, creatives, performers to react to, to communicate about, guide, challenge. I think that's one of the more important jobs right now. There are brilliant, passionate artists out there that are that are making a difference and and i and i think that's super important and i'll be honest that i i don't necessarily think my own work is challenging any norms in society per se but i think those that are out there doing that really have my my respect and i i value that we all have a duty just to be honest with ourselves and you don't have to put up a front you know just be be the person you are do the work that you want to do, and, and put it out there.
0: Yeah, don't be afraid. I don't want to gloss over that because that's a hard one.
1: You can choose how much of yourself to put out there. I mean, maybe you're a little bit conservative by nature, and that's fine. But, you know, just those those little, little pieces of truth are, are valuable.
0: Okay, and then my last question, and I can define it a little bit, but... So the question is, do you think art should be inclusive or exclusive? And those words can mean a few different things, so I'll just define them how I'm intending. So exclusive referring to the artist kind of create something, puts it out in the world, and the audience or the viewer or whatever doesn't necessarily have context for it, so they might not know even necessarily like the title of the piece or what inspired it or you know etc versus inclusive meaning the artist gives that context so maybe it's what inspired them or what the piece is about does that make sense
1: yeah yeah well so i mean i think there's some i think there's some value in both what i value within my own work some someone who finds a piece that they they fall in love with it for their their own reasons, whether they knew the artist's intention or not. I mean, I, I think there's value in having a conversation with a piece that's on their own terms and not necessarily what was the artist's intention or what's the title of this or, or why was it made or, or what is it about. I mean, I think I, I like that anybody can have a conversation on their own terms with a particular piece and find what they, how they react to it. and. I get it. If somebody looks at one of my paintings, like, I don't get it. I'm, I'm done with it. And I'm just gonna <laughs> walk away. I mean, that's their own terms as as well. And I felt that way too, about walking through an art museum and encountering some pieces like, you know, I just don't get it. And there's a little a plaque on the wall, it tells me a little bit, but you know what? Ultimately, not so much interested. But I've also found there have been pieces like that, and then I've had some interaction with someone else or an art history class or I've educated myself about it further. And then I'm like, you know, I I really didn't like this so much to start off with, but now that I have the backstory, I find it more intriguing. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's not the aesthetic that I was uh, looking for, but I have a better appreciation of it. So I think there's value in both inclusivity and exclusivity. I am a big advocate of art being all inclusive and whatever that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think everybody can have a reaction to peace. I'm not really great about communicating about my own work. So if someone else can find something they love about it, then that's important to me because I'm not always certain what it is that I really like about a particular piece that I'm putting out there. It's, you know, it it just, it happened and it's there and it's, it's up to someone else to decide how they want to react to it.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you again, just so much Rick for joining us today. And if there's anyone who wants to maybe check out your work or get in contact with you, is there a way that they can do that?
1: Sure. So I have a presence on social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook, it's Rick Wright Art. Wright is W-R-I-G-H-T. I I also have a website, rickwrightart.com. So feel free to check me out there, click on some links, shoot me a message or something. I try to exhibit you know locally around Kansas City and regionally as well so and I'm always I'm always happy to talk shop with with other people other creatives in the community as well
0: perfect thank you yeah definitely at the very least take some time to check out his artwork because it is beautiful and I just want to say Rick you know again personally I've gotten to see some of your artwork and experience it and I just I just want to say thank you for being an artist and sharing your art, I truly believe that when you're brave enough to do so, you, you make the world a better, more beautiful place. And so I just want to say thank you for sharing what you do and what you love with the world. I know I appreciate it.
1: Oh <laughs> uh, Well, thank you very much. I, it was a pleasure to be here today. And, and I I value what you do. And I look forward to, to us crossing paths again and putting our art out there in the community.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks everyone so much for tuning in today and we will catch you next time. If you have a story to share with us, we would love that so much. And I hope your day has been artfully told. Hey, Artfully Told listeners, I'm excited to share with you a little bit about one of my very favorite resources for artists. It's a website called Arteza. They have incredible product, but what makes this company really unique is that they have supplies that are affordable to creators with every budget. So whether you're just starting out or dabbling or you do have that budget available to you, they do have options for every budget level. They provide the tools, but you steer the way. Literally, you can access hundreds of thousands of high quality, unique products through their website. And right now they are offering a promo code to receive 8% off of any purchase. And you can access the link and the promo code in my comments and show notes.